ever laugh as the hearse goes by for you may be the next to die they wrap you in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet they put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks and all goes well for about a week and then your coffin begins to leak the worms crawl in the worms crawl out the worms play pinochle on your snout your eyes fall out and your teeth decay and that is the end of a perfect day the worms crawl in the worms crawl out and that is the end of a perfect A 16-year-old boy worked on his grandfather's horse farm. One morning, he drove a pickup truck into town on an errand. While he was walking along the main street, he saw death. Death beckoned to him. The boy drove back to the farm as fast as he could and told his grandfather what had happened. Give me the truck, he begged. I'll go to the city. He'll never find me there. His grandfather gave him the truck, and the boy sped away. After he left... His grandfather went into town looking for death. When he found him, he asked, Why did you frighten my grandson that way? He's only 16. He is too young to die. I am sorry about that, said death. I did not mean to beckon to him, but I was surprised to see him here. You see, I have an appointment with him this afternoon in the city. Oh, no. Yeah. Aw. But well, you know, when, when, when he sped away, I was kind of like, I know. I think I know where this is going. Right. Very Deathly, Deathly Hallows-esque. And with that, we say, welcome back to the tape store. Yes. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are wrapping up. Yes. The, Sorry, I'm still recovering from that story. That's okay. <laughs> we, were, um, we just wanted to begin with something really short. Uh, I think when we bought this book, uh, we, we found this book at a thrift store. And it was a while ago. Amazingly, somebody got rid of this. I know. The Scary Stories Treasury. And this is from the third book, which is Scary Stories 3. Yes. More Tales to Chill Your Bones. Mm -hmm. And it was published, I believe, in 1991. Yes, this is officially part of the 90s. Yeah, we are officially in the 90s realm here. Yes, 1991. I am correct. (laughs) So, yeah. um, And when we got this book, I was flipping through it, and I just kind of randomly opened it up and read one of the stories just to immediately kind of dive in because I do remember reading this as a kid but yeah you know this was the first story I read was the appointment oh neat I didn't know that and I love that it was so short and it was the idea I think also that death in this story is this physical being that shows up and beckons to people and then not only that so the boy obviously knows who it is yeah Mm -hmm. and leaves you know, takes off, goes to the city, and then the grandfather finds death. So it's like he's not like formidable, or and he's recognizable. Yeah, which he, it's I think I, I like that he's kind of conversational. He's like, oh hey, yeah, yeah. I didn't expect to see him here. <laughs> and I think the message there obviously is is you can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. 
when it comes. When it's your time, it's when your it, time. Right. And one of the things that we talked about with these stories that we love mm-hmm. are the ones that really raise questions and make us ask questions and make us wonder. And that was just so, again, mysterious to me. Yeah. And such an interesting take on death as this yes. as this figure and as this, again, something that apparently isn't so threatening that a grandfather can approach it and say, hey, what's your deal? This yeah. This is my grandson. So it's haunting and it's chilling. Yeah. And it's kind of scary. And it's also really just odd and mysterious. And yeah, again, I, I can't quite. That's one of my favorite stories. I think stories. it's scary because he's almost friendly. Yeah. I, and I think that that's why it's so intriguing. So we open with that one. Yes. And this has got some iconic tales, actually. Yeah. This is uh, this, this. Some of these tales are the ones that we all think of when we think of, you know, the scary stories treasury. Um, I mean, now we, now we've already read a few that are totally iconic as well. Absolutely. Yes. But, um, if you, I mean, many of you have, or if you haven't seen it, you at least heard of it. The, the movie that was made in 2019, um, based on these tales and yes. the poster for this movie is the next story that we're about to read. Right. It's the, you know, the, the imagining of Harold. Yes. We're about to meet Harold. Brooke yes. is actually going to read Harold, and the, the story I just read is, is called The Appointment, Yes, by the way. This is really just, again, reading these stories and looking at the artwork has been, I mean, I think every episode we do is kind of an immersion back in the 80s and 90s. But, oh, for sure. But I think this is the first book we've done. It is, and so, that's, you know, re- reading certain books have, were such an iconic part of our, our childhood because they stayed with us. Right. Whether it was Goosebumps or, right. you know. Fear the, Street. Yeah, or the, the scary stories, which I've not seen a Fear Street book yet. I have I have a few in my classroom. Okay. No, we got to get we got to get those I back know. in the house. The kids, my, my students love them. All right. But without further ado, we're going to continue on. We've got a few stories again. Yes. You know, just like we've, like we've done the previous two weeks. Uh, we're going to, we, we've picked a few stories that we feel like are some highlights. And we're going to read those and, and we're going to talk about them. And Here we, go. we have not read these beforehand. I mean, we generally know the story, some of yeah. them, but... If we've read them, it's been years. Yeah, so, so. some of these are first-time reactions and yeah. things like that that we're doing right here for the show. So, welcome again to the Tape Store, and we're happy to have you here for Scary Stories 3. And here is Brooke with Harold. Okay. When it got hot in the valley, Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to a cool green pasture in the mountains to graze. Usually they stayed there with the cows for two months. Then they brought them down to the valley again. The work was easy enough, but oh, it was boring. All day, the two men tended their cows. At night, they went back to the tiny hut where they lived. They ate supper and worked in the garden and went to sleep. It was always the same. Then Thomas had an idea that changed everything. Let's make a doll the size of a man, he said. It would be fun to make, and we could put it in the garden to scare away the birds. It should look like Harold. Alfred said. Harold was a farmer they both hated. They made the doll out of old sacks stuffed with straw. They gave it a pointy nose like Harold's and tiny eyes like his. Then they added dark hair and a twisted frown. Of course, they also gave it Harold's name. Each morning on their way to the pasture, they tied Harold to a pole in the garden to scare away the birds. Each night they brought him inside so that he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One of them might say, How are the vegetables growing today, Harold? 
Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, very slowly. They both would laugh, but not Harold. Whenever something went wrong, they took it out on Harold. They would curse at him, even kick him or punch him. Sometimes one of them would take the food they were eating, which they both were sick of, and smear it on the doll's face. How do you like that stew, Harold? he would ask. Well, you'd better eat it or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. One night, after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted. Did you hear that? Alfred asked. It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching him when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt? Alfred asked. He's just a sack of straw. It's not possible. Let's throw him into the fire, said Thomas, and that will be that. Let's not do anything stupid, said Alfred. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down, we'll leave him behind. For now, let's just keep an eye on him. So they left Harold sitting in a corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take him outside anymore. Now and then the doll grunted, but that was all. After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. Maybe a mouse or some insects had gotten inside Harold and were making those sounds. So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old ways. Each morning, they put Harold out in the garden, and each night they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him. When they felt mean, they treated him as badly as ever. Then one night, Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold is growing, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's just our imagination, Alfred replied. We've been up here on this mountain too long. The next morning, while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. He climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night long, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in a far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next. They were afraid. They decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger and began joking and singing. But when they had gone only a mile or two, they realized they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. Neither of them wanted to go back for them, but the stools would cost a lot to replace. There really is nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. After all, what could a doll do? They drew some straws to see which would go back. It was Thomas. I'll catch up with you, he said, and Alfred walked on toward the valley. When Alfred came to a rise in the path, he looked back for Thomas. He didn't see him anywhere, but he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut again. As Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched out a bloody skin to dry in the sun. That is horrifying. It's horrifying. That is the worst. It's, and it's so long. It that, takes... is, that is the best. <laughs> at, it, the worst as in the best Yes. Story. It's not good. It's terrible. Like, it, it's so that really that stands out. Yes, that story does. It explains why they put it in the movie, even though in the movie it was kind of different. So it got Thomas. Yeah, he, and he, Alfred saw him. Like, like imagine you look up on the roof and this freaking doll man a, is yeah. stretching out. The, he skinned him. Good lord! Listen. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Uh, well, the, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the scariest part for me is when he when he gets up and leaves, and then he yeah. trots, and then he's just, and then he stops. Remember on the far end of the yeah. farm or whatever, Mm-mm. he just stops. Yeah. It's time to leave. That's what the are these worst. people doing? And they're like, well, for, okay, now honestly, first of all, their idea of why didn't they say let's make a scarecrow like normal people? 
Why did they say, let's make a doll like a or man? let's... Bring That's it inside. Psychopath stuff. I wouldn't even leave the stuff. I wouldn't even leave the no, dang thing inside. No, that thing's not coming inside. That thing's no. staying outside. I wouldn't even make it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Let's just farm. That's what I'm saying. Like just, just go, put a pumpkin on a pole with a shirt like everybody else in every other movie. You know why you got to right? So there's a lot. There's a lot of small steps that went into making this terrible right. decision. And I think <laughs> for me, I think the obvious explanation is their cruelty. Mm-hmm. Almost brought it to life. Yeah, gave him life. They fed it with their so it's cruelty. Kind of a powerful message there mm-hmm. about the power of negativity yeah. and the power of your words and stuff. Yeah. Not that that would turn a. It's like, a, be careful what you cultivate. Right. Not that that would turn a doll to life. Thank God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I, oh, God. I can't. <laughs> but that imagery is, is horrifying. And again, it just really stands out. I mean, there's a lot of scary stories in these books, but that that's one. Th- that's real bad. Yeah. And. Man, he. That's just a gem. Yeah. And, you know, and just... I would, I didn't, I need to, so, because I remember going to see the movie. This is the first, like, monster moment in the movie. Yes. It, the po- it gets the little popular. Like, it doesn't, obviously, it's not, you know, um, th- these two farmers necessarily. However, the kid does live on a farm with his dad. Yeah. And he's mean. And yeah, the, the way they did that in and the story it's, you know, is, it's the same thing. He's out in the field and he comes to life. and Right. But it has a little bit of a different ending for the kid. But, man, that story, I would have loved to have seen that dramatized. The I mean, worst. I would have hated, loved, I would have loved to have hated to have loved to have seen that. Oh, I know. And the <laughs> art is scary. obviously iconic. Yes. Very much looks exactly like it did in the movie. Harold yeah. Was so it, look it was, up Harold if you haven't seen If you have not, how could you not? If you're an 80s or 90s kid. We posted kid, it yesterday yeah. on Instagram. So. But I think every 80s and 90s kid should probably know who Harold is. I mean, I had forgotten his name was Harold, but I remember. When I saw the cover, uh, or not the cover, but when I saw the artwork, You're I like, knew. Oh, okay. I was like, yep, yep, I remember being a kid and seeing that. Yep. Oh, yes. As hard as it is to move on from that. Golly, I know. Um, we're going to move on to the dream. Oh, okay. And looking at the artwork, this is another familiar Face, if you will. will, Yeah. (laughs) Lucy Morgan was an artist. She had spent a week painting in a small country town and decided that the next day she would move on. She would go to a village called Kingston. But that night, Lucy Morgan had a strange dream. She dreamed that she was walking up a dark, carved staircase and entered a bedroom. It was an ordinary room except for two things. The carpet was made up of large squares that looked like trap doors and each of the windows was fastened shut with big nails that stuck up out of the wood. In her dream, Lucy Morgan went to sleep in that bedroom. During the night, a woman with a pale face and black eyes and long black hair came into the room. She leaned over the bed and whispered, This is an evil place. Flee while you can. When the woman touched her arm to hurry her along, Lucy Morgan awakened from her dream with a shriek, She lay awake the rest of the night, trembling. In the morning, she told her landlady that she had decided not to go to Kingston after all. I can't tell you why, she said, but I just can't bring myself to go there. Then why don't you go to Dorset, the landlady said. It's a pretty town, and it isn't too far. So Lucy Morgan went to Dorset. Someone told her she could find a room in a house at the top of the hill. It was a pleasant-looking house, and the landlady there, a plump, motherly woman was as nice as could be 
Let's look at the room, she said. I think you will like it. They walked up the dark, carved staircase, like the one in Lucy's dream. In these old houses, the staircases are all the same, Lucy thought. But when the landlady opened the door to the bedroom, it was the room in her dream, with the same carpet that looked like trap doors and the same windows fastened with big nails. This is just a coincidence, Lucy told herself. How do you like it, the landlady asked. I'm not sure, she said. Well, take your time, the landlady said. I'll bring up some tea while you think about it. Lucy sat on the bed, staring at the trap doors and the big nails. Soon there was a knock on the door. It's the landlady with the tea, she thought. But it wasn't the landlady. It was the woman with the pale face and the black eyes and the long black hair. Lucy Morgan grabbed her things and fled. Creepy. Creepy, but not as threatening. So this is the... That doesn't sound scary without the art. But this is the pale lady, right? Yes, like the pale face lady. The pale face lady. Or I, I think that's her name. I don't know. That's... um. This is the iconic... It's a really scary-looking woman from the movie. She's a yeah, wide face. And looks exactly like the drawing. L- literally exactly like that the drawing. Looks exactly like Stephen Gamble or Gamel. Yeah. Uh, the, the illustrator of the book, the original illustrator. It's exactly like his drawing. I mean, she's... I mean, She's not normal. I don't even know how to ex- explain how she looks. No, but in the story, she's warning her. She's more of like an omen, not, not yeah. necessarily like... Like Not almost, like she's evil. Like almost helping, but in the movie, she is okay. She is, well, they're in a mental hospital in the movie, yeah. and she appears in a corridor. Yes, right. but but in the movie, she she's absorbs bad. a child. She's straight up bad in the movie. I mean, she's yeah. But but you know, in the movie, if you if you remember, she does always have that. <laughs> like yeah, she's never she's, like oh, I'm gonna get you right. But yeah, and the fact is, is that Lucy escaped. She yes. got away. So. It's interesting, you know, in this case, so much more luckier than our friend Thomas. Right. And see, here we have another another example of how our, I, I mean, I guess protagonists of the stories, mm-hmm. um, it misinterprets something. Like, right. in her dream, she thought, oh, well, I shouldn't go to this place that I was going to go to. I should go, and I'll go to Dorset, which that's actually where she shouldn't have gone. And then in the, um, what is it, the appointment. Right. He ran away thinking that would fix it, but really, that is exactly where he needed to go for right. Beth to intercept him. So it's interesting how we have another story where our protagonist misinterprets an omen. And again, just brings up a lot of questions. What was that all about? But again, you know... and, and Maybe it, it was a landlady that was bad. She may, may have poisoned her with the tea. Who knows? I, I just know that, you know, again, being the, the filmmaker part of me, the mm-hmm. storyteller part of me, you know, the film guy. Oh, yeah. And it makes total sense because they use the the pale face lady. Oh yeah, as what we're calling her. They use her in the film, and they don't use her exactly like they do in the book. But again, she serves. Again, these short stories are are just that they're 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 just the tip of an iceberg. Yeah, as I always say, they're per- it's perfect though. And yeah, so because in the movie. She is a manifestation of of one of the boys' dreams. Yeah, and, and he and that's what that's what arrests right. him about it. And I thought and I thought that it was great in the film, and I think she's great in the book. I mean, these books are just, yeah, wow, it's I crazy. Know. It's good. It wouldn't be half of what it is without these illustrations. Exactly. Again, when we first got this book and started really, you know, going through it again, I'd turn the page and I'd be like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not ready I, for I was that. not ready for that. <laughs> Definitely was not ready for the pale face lady." 
Okay, Brooke. Yes. You have the red spot. Oh boy. And we did a we did a poll or not a poll but like a question thing on Instagram a couple weeks ago about what some of your favorite stories were and this one got several votes. So very short, but it really doesn't need much. Again, this is another example of how the art is you know hand in hand with the story. Right, definitely. All right, so here we go, the red spot. While Ruth slept, a spider crawled across her face. It stopped for several minutes on her left cheek, then went on its way. What is that red spot on my cheek? She asked her mother the next morning. It looks like a spider bite, her mother said. It'll go away. Just don't scratch it. Soon, the small red spot grew into a small red boil. Look at it now, Ruth said. It's getting bigger, and it's sore. That happens sometimes, her mother said. It's coming to a head. In a few days, the boil was even larger. Look at it now, Ruth said. It hurts and it's ugly. We'll have the doctor look at it, her mother said. Maybe it's infected. But the doctor could not see Ruth until the next day. That night, Ruth took a hot bath. As she soaked herself, the boil burst. Out poured a swarm of tiny spiders from the eggs their mother had laid in her cheek. Well, that's all we really needed there. That is everyone's nightmare. I can't handle that that is the worst thing that could happen well i mean it is a worst thing that could happen honestly the worst part I, well obviously the the baby spiders but even the fact that while she's sleeping a spider stopped oh. for several minutes we you know i know and, and you know what it's doing <laughs> and the fact that you it's just such a helpless you know i saw this show years ago yeah about stuff like this and it was never spiders right but it was about situations where you know some kind of parasitic oh yeah you know and i still have never no i can't deal with that it it was it was called uh eaten alive oh i remember that show yes yeah and it's it was one of the most uh realistically terrifying because these were all true stories these are things that you know thank god a lot of these things were people that it was either worms or... Yeah, they like lived in the well, jungle or something, right, it, or they went it, to a place. Yeah, it was like one guy was biking across uh, Borneo. Yeah. And he ha- he was wading through a lot of stagnant water. He oh, was, yeah. He, he was, uh, I think, did I say he was biking? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was biking, and he was wading through stagnant water. He was sleeping on beaches. Yeah, forget Just it. like on the ground, and that there's already no doesn't telling. That name on it, so... And <laughs> I think it's just uh, other stories were like a guy was... He he was out on a hike and mm-hmm. he he caught a fish and ate it and he didn't cook it right. So thank God a lot of this stuff is just not. <laughs> it's not stuff like your average person right. does on the daily. So that was the good part, but still, it's yeah. just the fact that these things can happen. But in this, this world. brings it home like that yeah. just could be me sleeping, just right. you know resting, and then here comes Mama Spider. Like this is as good a place as any. Right. No, and no, ma'am. I, to my knowledge, nothing like that. Has ever actually happened with the, mm. but th- that plays on your worst fear. Yes. Because when you're asleep, you're defenseless. Right. right? And this is, again, another story from the movie that they depict. Yes. And now, th- now, in the movie, I will say this was the worst. I think so. It was awful. I it think so. It was truly yeah. terrible. But, well, because you knew, well, the, because it's it, the, the character, the girl yeah. who has it. She has like much of the movie, and you ju- you're just waiting. Yeah, you're waiting. You're like, oh, she's honey, got we this know. red mark on her face. It starts as like look a zit looking thing. Yeah, and you just you're like, well, when and when it happens, it's just gonna it's happen. Terrible. It's just you know, it's like, yeah. and she's like this really pretty like 
yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, not obsessed with her appearance, but, you know, very, very, um, you know, appearance conscious. So you're absolutely. like, oh, my heavens. It was oh, absolutely my terrible. Heaven. Yeah. All right. One more, actually. Yep, this is it. the last one. You know, we went through because, you know, again, a lot of these stories that there's there's different kinds of stories. Some are funny. Some are ones you can read with a group and you and, and they have instructions in them. How and to stuff, scare so. them. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of we kind of skip those. I mean, not that those aren't fun, you know, but those really are hard to replicate a yeah. response on a podcast. Which right. Just me and you. This is another short one that I thought was, again, just again, one of those ones that is more mysterious than anything. Right. A lot of questions. Here we go. It's called No Thanks. Thursday nights, Jim worked as a stock boy in one of the malls out on the highway. By 8.30, he was usually finished, and he drove home. But that night, Jim was one of the last to leave. By the time he got out of the huge parking lot, it was almost empty. The only sounds were the cars in the distance and his footsteps on the pavement. Suddenly, a man stepped out of the shadows. Hey, mister, he called in a low voice. He held out his right hand. Balanced on the palm was a long, thin blade of a knife. Jim stopped. Nice, sharp knife, the man said softly. Don't panic, Jim thought. The man stepped toward him. Don't run, Jim told himself. Nice, sharp knife, the man repeated. Give him what he wants, Jim thought. The man came closer. He held the knife up. Cuts nice and easy, he said slowly. Jim waited. The man peered into his face. Hey, man, only three dollars, two for five. Nice present for your mama. No thanks, Jim said. She's got one. And he ran for his car. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like at all the way he was talking. Another one that <sighs> I think is... Wait, the art, though, in that one, too, right? Yeah, well, the guy looks more like a... The man looks more like a weird monster dude. Yeah. Like, deformed and stuff. But, uh, again, <sighs> we've had one of these, or at least a couple, but at least yeah. we've had at least one each week we've done these stories of one that 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 is not supernatural right nothing the, necessarily strange well strange yes but like otherworldly's happening but no this it's is just, just disconcerting right this is just a guy what is he doing there what is his reasoning what in the world is his purpose Ugh. And you have no idea what's going on there. It's so Ugh. many questions. And I'm, I'm looking back at the picture again. And like, this is a totally not a '90s movie, but the way he's drawn, and it yeah. was not even around at the time. It looks how they drew, uh, uh, what's his name, Grendel from the Beowulf. Yeah, uh, the one that the Crispin Glover. Yes, Crispin Glover. When yeah, and the other guy <laughs> who played Beowulf. And the guys in all the movies, all the action movies. Yeah, he's in a lot of movies. That did. Yeah. He's also the voice of Mr. Beaver. I like to, uh, that we, we ended with, with something that I hate to say could really happen. Yeah. You would hope it never Cuts does. But nice and easy. Uh-uh. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> no. I don't know if the guy was just trying to be scared, but the fact of the matter is um, it was like he was waiting for this dude to get off work or I, kept I don't think, know. I can't, honestly, because I've, no, I've not read that one before, I kept thinking he was going to just start slashing his face. Like that was what yeah, I was waiting well, you know, for. These aren't really... Yeah, I mean... I was like, no, 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 get out of there, get out but, of there. You know, the thing about these stories is they're not that blatant mm -hmm. or in your face with the violence or anything like that. Yeah. Everything is... Like, with Harold, we see Thomas leave, mm -hmm. and then we see Harold hold up the skin. It, yeah. It, so, Many times it's all about what he doesn't explicitly state. Right, and I think that that's the... And again, that goes back to why I think these stories are so great and, and why I think that stories like that are so great. Anything mm -hmm. that that 
it's it's all what you don't see. Yes. It's what you don't know. You know, yes, it, it's, I would so I mean, be here for a TV series of these if they right. take each tale, yeah, and you know, they add, could. add that depth that you could very easily add to it because yeah. the bones are so and strong. What I think in many cases, mm-hmm. uh, scary stories have lost, yeah, which is this need to feel like they have to show everything and, and fill in every single and gap, fill in, yeah, and be in our faces with it. And there have been great. Scary stories that have been very recent. I know The Ring I thought was really scary. Mm-hmm. I think Haunting of Hill House was a very well oh, told. Yeah. It's like a perfect show. Right. It's like a perfectly told scary ghost story. You know, and so there have been some good ones. Yeah. But, I mean, when I think back to the 80s and 90s and, you know, even I go back mm-hmm. to Jaws, you know. Oh, yeah. At the very beginning of that opening scene, you don't see the shark, but golly, you don't need to, Mm-mm. you know. It's all about what you don't see. And I think these books here really do that. And the art is like it gives you just enough to be afraid. And, but not too much to know everything. And sometimes it's not about, again, it's like with with, with uh, the appointment. And then with when I look at No Thanks, that story. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's great just to end a story and have your reader just be like, what the heck? Yeah, and then you fill that? in the gaps of what happened. And then you fill in the gaps. And then you're talking, you're asking questions and... The storyteller has done their job. Yes, so. that's, I mean, and I think, because we, because again, I've, I've re- referenced it before, um, when this movie came out, I was in the process of reading through this book with my students. Right. And um, so. You, when, you never got to those? Well, we, we picked and choose and I let them choose. Okay. So they, sometimes okay. they would say, oh, we want to hear this one. We, we would but turn off seems... the lights and light candles. It was great. But um, when everybody finally saw the movie, when right. we, and me and you saw the movie. I think my one critique of the movie, which I loved it, it was mm-hmm. great, where these stories don't wrap up. Right. You know, of because they're not, I don't think they're meant to. The movie also didn't wrap up, but tried to. Well, they're talking about a sequel, so. They need to, because I, I, I liked the premise that the stories were alive, in a sense, and right. manifesting on Earth and things like that. But I was like, don't give me a wrapped up. Like, I want it to be no, no, un- no, no, open ended. No. I feel like it should always, I feel like yeah. it, it's... Because, I mean, yes, the end was ongoing. She's like, I got to figure out where my friends are, blah, blah, But I meant with the original, like, writer of the stories and things like that. Certainly, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything because you might see no, it. No, yeah, definitely. But, again, the shock value, I'm not I'm not really there for that. Nah. And, you know, when you talk to, especially, you know, we're, we're, we're teachers at high school. Right. And kids have grown up seeing a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, they didn't grow up in the in this time where, where I, we had this stuff. Like I think of Saul, which is like shock oh. value. You're right, which is like shock. I saw it, and, and it, mm. well, you see, I have I never, never saw it, but that's just because. And I'm not again. There's something for everybody. It's all about the gore, right? And that's just for me. It's the mystery and it's the question, and I think that that's really where the, I mm-hmm. think that's really where the, the 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 magic is. Yeah, you know, no matter how dark that magic is, yeah, you know, yeah, I think that's really where the terror is: is the not knowing. Yeah, I mean, why are why are kids forget kids? Why are some adore people afraid of the dark? It's because you right. don't know what's in there. Yes, and so if you like, especially when you see like, there's a scene from, and it, and I feel like it it lends itself to this because technically the Walking Dead series, I think it began in the '90s when you started writing them, didn't it? Uh, I'm not sure about the graphic okay. novel, but yeah. I, there's a scene from season one of The Walking Dead when Rick is leaving the hospital. Right. Or he's in the hospital trying to leave, and all he has is a book of matches going down the stairs. And there's no yeah, yep. music at okay, all. Yeah. Just him with the matches and his breathing, and he, you can hear he's scared. And I was like, okay, right. all right, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. And that, I feel like, is what these stories do. Yeah. They and- bring us into the dark. 
with only a little bit of light. Right. And yes. we have to formulate our conclusions. Yeah. And I love it. And and just a piece of trivia about me and The Walking Dead. Yes. <laughs> I tried to watch it. Remember? Yes. And uh, it, I, I, it was I tried October to October when it first came out. Yeah, I tried to watch it when it first came out. And I couldn't get through it. Yep. It was too scary. And I, was I like, know it's Man. crazy. Man, I see. I like a little bit scarier stuff than Toby. Right. So I was like, oh, dang. And then I tried it again and was able to. And, and then, then we I, were, and then we were into it. Right. We were into it. We were there for it. But but the first time I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, that's horror done right but, as well. But another piece of trivia about me is that zombies have always scared me. Oh. That's one of been. That's one of the things that really really. Uh, has scared me growing up is mm-hmm. any kind of zombies. So that makes sense. But what got me into The Walking Dead was you know, and that's a whole other conversation. I know, itself, right? <laughs> but it, it was it was the characters, character driven, the characters, and not plot driven, right. which Makes all the difference. So then it got to be where you got used to seeing the zombies and and things like that. But that first season was flawless, per- perfect, perfect. You know, so flawless. All right, well. It'll Let's, be sad to bid these these stories yeah, adieu, but if you don't have a copy, well, you can buy it on Amazon, I'm sure, but you should go see if you can thrift your very own 80s or 90s edition, because that yeah. is, that's probably the best feeling in the, in the world. Yeah, however you can get your hands on it, get your hands on it. Every 80s and 90s kid, I believe, needs the Scary Stories treasury. Yes. It, it's just... I wish, it, I, could, I wish I could give like a gift basket of 80s and 90s, like like a starter kit. Right, that, that would be there. <laughs> It'd be yeah, in it. You know, because there's, you know... 80s and 90s, there's 80s and 90s Christmas stuff. There's 80s and 90s mm-hmm. summer stuff. But when you, it's time to get spooky, you, you got to have some goosebumps. You got to have some Are You Afraid of the Dark? And yep. you got to have this. Yep. You got to have end. the Scary Stories Treasury. So thank you, Alvin Schwartz. Thank you, Stephen Gamel. Gamel. Uh, you know, maybe butchering the name. Yes. And I've said it every episode. If you if you like these stories, if you like, um, you know, the spookiness, you need to go check out the documentary on Amazon. It is really good by Cody Myrick. Uh, we follow him on Instagram yeah. and on Twitter, and he's very responsive to his fans, which is super cool. Yes, but um, that's great. he did a great job with this documentary. And according to Twitter, he's working on some other stuff too now. Right. So we'll, we'll be um, following exactly. So Cody, thank with- you so much for this documentary. If you if you haven't seen it, go watch it. You will love it. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And again, we've enjoyed it. This has been a lot of fun. I was just, I think it might have been today or yesterday, I just, I had this moment where I was like, oh crap, you know, it's, you know, October's gone. I know. You know? <laughs> so. I think November for me is just, it's just post-October. Yeah. We're I'm not letting sad. it go. And so. then December, I'm like, okay, okay, December, we're good, we're yeah. good. Well, if you've been with us, uh, as always, we like to thank our listeners for spending time with us. We like to, again, acknowledge that your time is valuable, it's limited, and any amount of time you've spent with us having this discussion reawakening the magic of the 80s and 90s we just want to let you know it means a lot and we very very much appreciate it it means a great deal so find us on social media follow us on instagram the tape store and also on tiktok the tape store um twitter the tape store pod if you would like to drop us an email for any reason whatsoever the tape store podcast at gmail.com yep and leave us a rating that always means a lot you know doesn't take very doesn't take very long and it's just it it really is encouraging and i'm telling you the we've gotten ratings and it's made our whole it's turned a bad day good yes it really means a lot (laughs) well thank you guys so much and we are looking forward to being back next thursday thanksgiving yeah Actually, that's right. We'll be so coming at you on so maybe maybe we'll be maybe maybe a Wednesday or a Friday or something. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because because Thursday we're all we all should be. Yeah, you know, 
doing so, something with family. We yeah. hope you guys stay safe through all yeah. this crazy times. Yes, definitely. But either way, we will see you next week with more great 80s and 90s nostalgia at the tape store. Thank you for being here. We love you. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. As the hearse goes by For you may be the next to die They wrap you in a big white sheet From your head down to your feet They put you in a big black box And cover you up with dirt and rocks And all goes well for about a week And then your coffin begins to leak The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out The worms play pinochle on your snout Your eyes fall out and your teeth decay And that is the end of a perfect day The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out And that is the end of a perfect day